there. Uh, my name is Beth Guide. I'm with SEO 411. And today's topic we're going to talk about is the 22 essential uh, items that you need to make sure that your website is optimized. Um, I think sometimes it's always a, a good topic to go back to basics and make sure that we kind of check in and make sure that we have the basics done. Uh, we spend a lot of time sometimes talking about the upper level things, but sometimes just the basics, it's good to get back to them. Um, I think the first thing that I want to cover in this, though, is I had somebody ask me this yesterday and had this discussion with them yesterday. And I, I think I want to start here with this because I think it's a, a fair point um, so that we understand how I view everything. Um, and hopefully that kind of passes over to you guys. Um, the question, the first question that I had yesterday, I had sat down with a, with a, in a client, potential client meeting. And the first thing that the person said to me is, um, SEO is kind of antiquated. And I, I always find that, um, concept and that idea intriguing because I always wonder how they got there. And it usually how they get there is what ends up happening is they start out with somebody somewhere tells them something that they think that that is what it's all about. And the reality is that couldn't be farther from the truth, but I think we need to understand something. And I, I think when we teach these classes and I talk to you guys, SEO, what is it? It's being able to put your place, your website at the top of Google. And I think that's the nutshell version of it. But why people think it's passe is because in the old days, I could do some basic, basic functions and things would just happen. But I think now SEO really is a way of life and a business owner has to commit to interacting with the website in a certain way and make, make, making certain benchmarks and meeting certain goals and doing that on a regular basis to be effective. It's not just about putting a title tag on a page. It's not just about um, sticking the right H1 on a page. And it's not just about how many links to a page anymore. Um, so I think we need to understand that the other thing that's happened in this world is that Google, and let me, let me bring up my computer screen here for you a minute. Um, because the other thing that has happened in this world is that um, Google has started to cannibalize real estate. So what happens with Google cannibalizing real estate on the page, our lift becomes much harder, much heavier, and we have to have a better understanding of how we can fit into that. So let me pull up a Google search page here in my browser. And let me talk to you about that piece of it first so we understand why I'm saying what I'm saying. So let's ping, let's go screen share, let's go to Google, and let's share. Okay, so let me just do um, something like um, just. I'm going to do it. This is a local search first, okay? So we can see what's happened here to the top of this page is. I have three ads and inside those three ads, there's additional site links. So now the very whole top of the page is taken up with ads. Okay. Well, the only way to get into that section on the page is to buy into those ads. 
to actually spend money. The next section of this page starts into a map section. So it puts in uh, the dentist in the region, in, in the area that I am, it builds the map. It now too also has an ad. So we only have, we used to have eight spaces here. We now only have three and now we have a fourth that's an ad. So they've monetized this map box as well. So I have to scroll past four results in a map before I ever get something that they have organically chosen to display, which are these first three items. But then before I get to even the organic listings, I have these items here that are these people also ask questions, okay? Sometimes we have a, a snippet, sometimes we have a definition, sometimes we have people also ask. But what's happened is Google has cannibalized more than probably two thirds of this page now with all of this stuff that they're providing the end user. And yet I may or may not have found a dentist. When I come down beyond that, we have an aggregator that's called OpenCare. We have an aggregator called uh, ZocDocs. We have more questions. We have Yelp. And we finally get to our first real dental practice here with Jefferson Dental Clinics on Fondra. So if you look at that, how far that has taken me down a page before I ever even get to a listing. Um, that's kind of why I say this starts to be a way of life and we have to better figure out how we're gonna fit ourselves into these, into these slots. Um, the next thing I'm gonna do is let's look at a product. Um, I guess let's just take uh, New Balance sneakers. Because you know, they're the only ones that fit my feet. So we'll talk about that. So. And this gives me the anatomy of the pieces of the page that I want, but I'll, I'll, we'll talk about this that if I was just a shoe store. So we have ads up at the top that show me different places that I can buy the shoes. I have a company knowledge graph on the right-hand side that talks about the shoes. I have a really big listing sitting in the middle of the page that's really New Balance's own website. Um, so we have all of those items. We have their Twitter handle. We have all of the stuff that's about them. We have images. Um, and then I have Joe's official New Balance outlet, um, outlet store. I also have news for New Balance. So the, the thing is, is that this search page has become very complicated. Every one of these areas has a different way that you have to address it. And you have to, it's become very, I'm going to use a funky word, um, which is, I was going to use bifurcated, but it's more than bifurcated because it's really got multiple, really, really has multiple different situations that are driving each piece of this. And you have to look at this page and then know what your path is to be able to keep heat on a page. Now, I know that none of you guys that are here in this class today are people like New Balance. So let's kind of dial this back. And let's just say, um, where am I? I'm by the Galleria. I'm hoping that I find a boutique here by me. So I put in kids clothes 
And again, now this is a little bit more of a broader term than a specific sneaker. So I have my ad on the top. I've, so I've got a J. Crew ad. I've got um, a Stitch Fix ad. I have a Shop Justice ad. So I've got three ads. No, excuse me. I've got four ads because there's one for J.C. Penny. I also have ads for kids' clothes on the side that have the graphics, so they may jump out at me. So I have all of that going on. I then come down and I have three local retailers um, that are here in our area that may be selling clothes. Um, and then I have some big box stores that are involved, um, but I don't really have any local small business retailers. So as we walk through these, our strategies to be able to rank in these areas have to be dictated by how we, how we look at the page. Um, depends on what the search topic is. It depends on what our search goals are. It depends on whether we're providing information, whether we're providing um, what, we're, what we're actually doing. Um, we're gonna have to be able to little by little uh, define that. So I, that, I want to start there because this is, a way, this is why I say it's a way of life. Um, the other thing is that the people that rank have a certain uh, amount of authority attached to them. And it used to be authority was dictated by links, but I think that that tent is broadening up now. Um, Yes, it's still dictated by links, but it's also dictated by what you do in a community and how you interact and, you know, so on. The list is endless of all these little nuancey things. And we talk about them kind of segregated and say, today we're going to talk about how to build a link. Today we're going to talk about what is an authority score. Today we're going to talk about what is the content. But I think if you get out of bed every day and try to put out the best product that represents your business in the best way possible, I think it gives you that leg up. Um, I do think that you need to have some level of, again, keeping in mind that SEO is a way of life um, and not just something you do to a page. Um, I do think you have to have some ideas on what you hope to have for your business. What do you, what persona do you want your business to have? I think your every business is a living, breathing entity and should have a definition and a, and a persona about it. So if I look at my company, I look at SEO 411, I have through many years positioned myself as an expert in the space, a mentor to small business, a friend to small business, and someplace where people can come to get an honest answer, even if it's not the answer that they want, and even if it's not the answer that I'll put money in my bank account. I've always tried to deal fairly. And when I look at what and how the internet in Houston in particular have ended up perceiving what I do. I think um, little by little, I want to say, I can't go anywhere without somebody knowing who I am or what I do. It's a very rare day that I can even, sometimes I even go to the supermarket and I, I run into somebody that's somewhere that I have somehow touched their life. That's the way I want my company to be looked at. That's what I want them to. So I have put forth that effort I've got five classes now. Um, we're, we're with multiple educational institutes, multiple chambers of commerce. People understand that, that when they come to me, they're going to get an honest assessment. And that's what my company persona is. Google has understood that. Google understands who I am. 
Google understands what I do. Google understands what my customer base expects of me. And it's because of all these signals and this way of life that I have put forth. And as I'm telling you guys, I think we have to start to gain and garner that level of reputation, that level of trust and that ability to be able to interact with the world in a way that they have more trust for you than they do the next guy. So when I come back and I look at the search page, that's not ads. Okay. You can see Carter's is number one because Carter's has made a really a lifetime commitment to be in the number one provider of, of kids clothes. Um, and then I have places like Kohl's and Target and Macy's and Google can feel comfortable that by putting those sites in the number one spot that they're not going to have anything odd go on that they're not that they're providing quality results to their end user now whether i think that is the right thing or not or whether what the value of that is i think that's a whole separate circumstance because sometimes i don't um agree with the value or the elevation that they give certain people or certain businesses but at the end of the day, as a business owner, we need to learn to live our life with what is best for our business. Um, if you do stuff with your church, make sure that you're out there and having it tied to your business as well as you personal. If you're out there um, giving time, money, um education background anything that you're doing that you can say hey i'm doing this to help people you need to make sure that somehow that's tied back to your business tied back to your website because those are the signals that google's going to be looking for to help validate your business it also goes to why i sometimes talk about why you should have your chamber of commerce membership these are all those same type things so when i look at what is seo it's a behavior um it's a lifestyle. It's not anything any longer a one-time thing that I do to a page and then I walk on and never look back. And I think that's some of the fundamental changes that have been made um, in the SEO industry at large um, and as to what we need to look at and what we need to know about when we're doing these things. So just start with, if you're going to do this and you're going to be serious about it, it needs to be a way of life. So that's the first piece of this. Um, I did pick up about 20 some little ticky things that I want to kind of go with you guys to make sure you're doing, make you a checklist so that you have them um, so that we can kind of go through them and know what we are. But I think you have to set the parameters first um, before you can before you can even start down the list, because I'm, I'm going to start about talking about things that you can do, but I want you to have the mindset that this is beyond doing, and it asks, and it's more about um, how we conduct ourselves in this world and what we do with our businesses and how we integrate with that website. We need to be the best, period, um, and that's the way you have to be. Um, you know, one other little side note: when I when I talk to you guys, I always I always try to where I came from and what I did. I mean, we started our company with $150 20 years ago. That's all I had. I saved up my money, literally, you know, change off the board and started my business. The thing is, we always walked like we were the biggest people in the room, regardless of whether we were or whether we were, it really didn't, it was really of no consequence. 
everybody needs to learn to walk like that because it, it's what's going to end up helping set you apart as we start into this and talk about this. Okay, so there's that stuff. Um, the next thing we need to um, talk about is why we need um, SEO and why SEO is not dead and why you should be considering it, okay? So understand that probably 60 some percent of all the traffic from your website is gonna come off an organic search. Um, conversely, um, probably, and this is all things if everything was equal, and let me, let me explain that to you. Um, you know, a 5% come from things like social, you know, if you buy up the, this is where this can kind of get, if I buy up the paid search end of it, well, then I'm going to, of course, have a higher number of paid search, but you're also going to have a much larger output. Um, I also believe that the return off an organic search, the ability to turn that into a sale, um, and having it be a real true qualified lead is much greater than um, a paid lead. Paid leads are a lot of looky-loos, they're bargains, they're bargain seekers, um, and they're not usually a qualified customer. Um, now there is a place for it in the sense that um, paid search, if you want to do it, can help build your brand. Don't misunderstand, it builds brand awareness, and brand awareness kind of goes into this whole element of you know how you act and what you do with your with your business. Um, but just understand that, that, you know, a majority of your website and how your website interacts and where it's coming from is a lot of it is going to be off of an organic search. Now, here's where the problem comes from. If you, if you asked me um, five years ago what the breakout was of this, the number one result got 80 to 90% of all the click-throughs. I used to have a chart that we would talk down and talk through um, and we would talk about. And, but it was 80% were who's in the number one spot and then it would go down precipitately from there. But the problem is now that that number one spot I think only gets maybe 20% of the click-throughs in 2020 because of some of the changes that we just talked through about how the ad page is laid out um, when I'm talking about a number one Google search, I'm literally talking about the one that's in the number one spot. So in my example on Kids Coast, the number one organic search result would be Carter's. Although I've literally had to go through about 70, 17 other elements before I even get to Carter's. Now, the premise that um, paid search um, nobody clicks on it that's true for pretty much the top half of the page unless it's something like this um you can see that these are pretty accurate results for what i want i mean this is j crew you're gonna give me 75 percent off my favorites i'm clicking through to that i want to see what j crew is offering for christmas because we have to you know we've got some kids that we need to buy for so as i'm looking for this i have no problem going to that because the safe bet is that is an ad for um what I'm looking for, but let's do this instead. I'm going to put in divorce lawyer. Actually, let me just put in personal injury lawyer. And the reason I pick personal injury lawyers because those guys, those clicks are two and three hundred dollars a lead. So the first thing you'll notice is Google, not only do we have the ads and the map, 
Google's actually has this Google screen now for these lawyers to say who's a legitimate lawyer, who's not, and who they are with their nice little picture and what their, their star ratings are. So they've even added another layer of people that they're saying they've screened to say these are the best um, personal injury attorneys. So you can go through this, they're recommending it, you have to buy into this program, there's more money. So they're even monetizing something like that in that way. So I have my ads. Now, this one here, I don't have any way to judge them. And I have no way to do the Houston Injury Lawyer, but both of them don't sound like really good firms. You only pay if we win. So I'm gonna go bypassing these, these folks and I'm gonna jump right down into probably my, my map listings. I'm gonna kind of come down into here and I may even see what's down here into the uh, area, the other, the rest of the lead area. Um, so, I'm, you know, I, I want you to understand that the, even the look for something like a personal injury lawyer, it's more complicated and the ads may or may not be accurate and they people people tend to pass by these ads on something like this especially when they start to sound like not not houstoninjurylawyer.com I, I don't know that i really think that's probably a real law firm's name and you know so they get bypassed so just understand that depending on what the um search term is depends on how much it how much or not it's going to get overlooked Okay, so just understand there's that aspect to it. Um, but we're competing with that number one search, it's gone from, you know, 90% down to 20% um, being in the, so you, again, you're, it's a being aware of all the elements on the page that you wanna be a, a, appear on, and then what is your strategy to appear on that page? Um, so that would be one of, one of my tips of understanding that. Um, the search engines are always looking for what is the most relevant, okay? So when you're dealing with something that has a specific answer, the chances of relevancy are, you know, 100%. So how old is Jose Altuve? Well, there's only one answer for that. He's only the same amount. There's no uh, hidden answer. There's no better answer. There's no worse answer. The answer is just the answer. So they're always trying to find out what is the most relevant. And it's easier the more specific and finite the question is. But what if the question is, how do I find a good SEO company? Or what is the best stake? Um, and then becomes, what is the opportunity for those to make a sale. So when I'm looking for what is the best stake, what am I looking for? Okay, and then how do I provide the right answer to that? I may be looking for um, what is the best stake because I'm looking to go to a steakhouse. I may be looking for what is the best stake because I'm looking to go to the supermarket. In both cases, I'm looking to buy something um, and they have to figure out which, which your intent is so that they can pre present you with the best relevancy. They're gonna usually go with um, the best closest restaurant that they can find to you, rather than going down the supermarket route. But they look at each and every, especially when you start with the, what is the best this, what is the best that? Um, 
they're always looking for how to come up and give the best definitive answer to that information. So the thing is, is that how do you, how do you get to where that is? So one of the thing is, things is, which is something that we've always talked about, is the quality of the content. How well do you present your material to prove that you are, um, the, have quality to what you're doing? So for me, um, and, I, and I'm, we have had an experiment here in 2020 of sorts. Um, when I started the year, um, and those of, some of you may have heard this before, I, I, I went and bought a camera in um, December and I walked into the office right after Christmas and I said to the staff, I said, hey, I just want to let you know we're going to be doing podcasts. And they laughed at me and they said to me, like, when are you going to get time to do a podcast? And they're right. I'm, I'm a pretty busy individual. So I, I, I can see that I might not have time to, to do that. Um, but I was pretty committed to doing it. And through the first uh, two months of 2020, we were, we were constantly um, filming these classes. And my intention was to take them, edit them together, and stick them up on the internet. And make a good product because I, I think these classes have a lot of truth to them. I think if you hang out in them long enough, you actually start to think like I do and start to learn how to do this. I, I you know, other than a few um, really elite topics, I, I really don't think with the right amount of budget, there's not anything that I can't rank in this world. I mean, I, I really will say um, some of it dictates budget because of links. I mean, if you come in and tell me you want to rank on cigars and have zero budget, it's not happening. Um, because I have to go against some pretty heavy hitters. So, it, it, you know, there is some caveats to that, but there, there's pretty much nothing in this world. I, I can't go sit at the top of a search engine and know how to do it. Um, but they, they didn't believe me that I was going to be able to do this, but the pandemic forced me to be able to go and put together this class in a downloadable format Every single class that we have is now sitting on the internet. So let's talk about what the side impact of good quality content has been for this company. Um, of course, we have the credibility of the class. Of course, we're pushing it out to social. So our reach is going far beyond you guys that are here in this class on a regular basis. So that, that, those are some good things going on. But the other thing that's being looked at now is we have a place on, on Apple, on iTunes. We have a, a, a place on Google Podcasts. We are on Spotify, we're on Tuned In, and they're not kicking us off. And the reason they're not kicking me off on any of them is because you know we actually have followers and people listen to us and people follow my, my little podcast show. And I mean, we're not gonna light the world on fire um, at this point. But at the, again, I, at the other side of it, I'm pretty happy um, with uh, where we are and what we are and, and what's happening with it. The beauty of it is that authority that's come out of the um, class has tr translated into first page rankings on over 200 terms for my website. And I'm really happy with that because I always had to make the argument of, you know, well, you say you can do this for our site, but you can't even do it for your own site. And, it, and I think it's a fair because my site's last on the list. But this one vehicle has given me the ability to constantly push good quality content out there 
audio, video, and art article all at one um, cohesive bunch pushed out there. And we have moved up long-term from putting up this better content. So I, I am here to tell you that if you don't believe that quality content um, is valuable, then that's, that's a really big problem because really it is the impetus of all of it. Um, the next piece of this, and that's, I'm going to, I'm going to classify that as tip number two. The next part of this I want to talk about is, um, this is something that I think people struggle with. Um, and we've talked about this before, but how does the user interact with your website? How easy is that website to navigate? How clear is the items on it? Do they know what to do? Do they know where to buy? Do they know what they have to offer? Are you confusing? Um, I know that's a class all in of itself, but understanding and knowing exactly what your user is doing um, is very important. But the other thing that's important, and I keep stressing this, um, and, and I don't really even want to go with what a, well, I guess I can use uh, easy rack. Um, the other thing is that people come up to your website and they judge you based on what your um, appearance is. So if you look small potatoes and you look shoddy and you look poorly done and you don't look professional, you immediately set a poor tone for your company long before they ever get to talk to you, they get to see you, you're, you're almost immediately disqualified. And I'm, I, I'm always shocked at how many people don't understand the value of a quality looking website. And that by not having one, that it actually hurts you um, in both conversions, um, a, a I won't want to say necessarily reputation because in the search world it means a little bit different, but maybe the perception of your business. I want people to think my business is the biggest business in the whole world, whether it is or it isn't becomes superfluous to it. Um, I, I'm happy with the size that we are, but I want everybody to know that I'm just not stuffing stuff on a web page and don't really care what it looks like. Um, I always think about what is a bad website and, and we always kind of come back to easy rack because it's, um, it's uh, a mess. This website no longer really instills um, strong uh, feelings that this is a quality website and this is anything more than a spam site. So people have some problems with this aspect of this business. Um, because if you come here, chances are you're out the door because websites like this don't really make you feel good anymore. Um, they don't make you feel confident. They're not, they're really actually kind of too much information. So they're kind of over the top on that. Websites need to be clean. They need to be linear. They need to be mobile friendly. The user needs to have faith that doing business with you is a safe thing to do. And you need to have a website that reflects your business. Um, even down to how, like, uh, and, I, and I just saw a website, like I said, I don't want to out anybody, but I just saw a website the other day that had four boxes across it. 
and the four boxes were not of the same alignment. Now, how do I trust that business to do something precise if they can't even take the time and the attention to detail to make sure that the boxes across the website are the same size? And that's the kind of stuff that, that I think people don't know that, you, that people are looking at, that people are thinking about. And I think you as a business owner have to look and see how neat something is. Um, if somebody can't see the writing on the page, then you shouldn't probably use that image and put up that page. Um, if you um, do business with, I'll give you a great example of something. Um, I, I have a, a, a website that, I, that, we, that we're helping with. And the folks, the website is for poorer families. It's not for affluent families. And all the imagery on the website was for affluent people. And I had to come back to them and say, you know what? This over here does not match who your customer is. So you can't, you can't create images for situations for stuff that you're not. So you have to be mindful. You have to be mindful of the images. You have to be mindful of the way it's done because that all goes through what, how does that user experience your business? I'm also going to tell you something else. I had a divorce lawyer tell me once and I think he's right. Um, he always said that every person on your website should be happy. Um, even if you sell unhappy or painful things like I back pain, I should have smiling people on my website. And why should I have smiling people? Because that means that this is a good place and that people are happy here. If everybody you come to on that website is scowling, what are the chances that you're going to then think that they're scowling just as much? So just make sure that whatever you're actually, you know, you're actually putting on your website, that the imagery sort of matches what you do and who you are and, and don't, don't put up the wrong people. Um, and don't put up images that, that don't match your organization and your business. Um, if you're an accounting firm that deals with police officers or uh, first responders, we probably need to have our clients being first responders and not have them sitting in three-piece suits at a corporate table because your market share is first responders. They should be people out in the field and people in ambulances and on fire trucks and doing first respondery kind of things. Um, I don't think a re first responder sees themselves sitting at a conference or a table in a, in a shirt and a tie. So try to make sure that your imagery matches so that you make people comfortable with who you have and what you have and who you are and how you interact with the world and how you do business. Because it, it, it says a lot. It sets the tone for who you are. Um, pay attention to detail, especially if you're detailed uh, detail-oriented company. If you're if you're doing accounting or you're doing precision measurements or you're building um, uh, precision parts, then you need to make sure that that website is precise and pristine because you're setting the tone for how you do business. Um, and you can't be messy and disheveled because um, you know. Uh, if you're off on something, then it may be, you know, a life or death situation and you can't, you, you can't be disheveled on your website. It's just a bad deal. Um, 
And you don't think that people look at that, but people look at it. You know, if I go back 20 years, people didn't look at it, but they look at it now. So just make sure you understand how your users experiencing your website. If you don't understand how your users experience your website, then what I would do is start asking them. If you're not sure what's going on, start asking. Um, there is tools out there like Hotjar that are free that you can go ahead and put on your website and it will tell you um, how people, where they're, they, you know, where they're scrolling down and they're stopping. It'll tell you what they click on. It'll tell you what, it'll sort of start to give you some ideas on how your website's perceived. Um, but you need to have a really good handle on that because however that you do it, it's, uh, it's a big deal. Um, point number four I'm going to talk about is going to be uh, site speed. Um, and site speed and site speed is uh, going to become even more important after the first of the year. I think Google put out a whole situation, a whole set of information and guidance on what they call um, their core, uh, Google core. Um, and uh, what you need to do is you need to really pay attention to your site speed. Um, and some of the, the uh, information that they're giving you. Um, in the core vitals, um, you'll see things like how fast is the page? Do they have mobile accelerated pages? Are they there? What, what's, what's, how, how the pages are loading and what's involved in it? What I will tell you is, let's cut to the chase on this. Um, I have been searching uh, for ways to solve the speed problem because there's been a there's always a rub between the WordPress plugins and the speed of the website, especially when you load third party. So let's talk about that specifically. Um, something like live chat, we put it on our websites. Well, those live chat, that large live chat functionality pulls off a third party and it slows down the load of your website. Um, some of the other plugins that are out there, they load extra JavaScripts. Um, it adds extra, extra, extra sets of, of style sheet information. And in doing that, it makes these very large downloads. Um, and, you know, it's been interesting because I've been using SEO 411 as much as I use it to push it up. I've also sometimes used it as a guinea pig of, hey, I know it does this, so let's try why. So I'm gonna go ahead and pull this up here. As much as I talked about site speed, I went ahead and put a uh, movie right here on the header of the page, okay? And that right there intrinsically would slow down the page. And it was making my site speed, my site speed test um, extremely uh, slower than what I want. So as a result, I've been poking around and poking around trying to solve the problem because I wasn't going to lose the movie and I wanted to make sure that I kept the material. Um, I have a lot of images loaded in here too with the, uh, with the uh, scrolling banners of our customers and some of the people that we've done business with. So I have all of that kind of going on here. So we have been long using this website to say, how do we get through all of this. So let me, let's go here and do this. So there's a website out there that's called GT Metrics. Um, you can use the one from Google um, and it's in, in their search browser and I'll show you, it's, uh, it's called Lighthouse and you can use that. 
you also can, I think what is the site? It was web.dev to get to Google search tools. Um, let me again here. So this is the Google one and GT metrics is the secondary one. I prefer GT metrics because it gives me way better results and it's tested in a way that's fair. Whereas I, I think Google's own network slows its own results down. So this one is searching here. And let me go over to web dev, which is Google. And we will do a test my site there. I fully expect it to fail on Google and I fully expect an A on GT metrics. So both of them are loading in here. Oh, it's a B today. So I'm going to have to go and look and tune it up a little bit. But you can see I have 80 some requests that we load off this website to build the homepage of SEO 411. And it's saying that they want how it asked for me to serve our results. Um, it's complaining about some of the Google, Google, Google's own APIs for things like uh, fonts and stuff. So um, I'm going to have to look at, at that part of it. Um, and it also tells me I need to fix my browser caching a little bit. But it's things like my MailChimp uh, list. If you notice, the Hotjar, the live chat, they're all third parties that I have no control over how their browser crashes. So I'm not going to truly be penalized for something that is pulling off a third party. Um, but my house is pretty well in order when I start to come down this and I see all these A's. And then I'm going to tell you how to do this. Now let's go over here and see how bad it is over here. So you can see that I have a lot of issues running out of Google. They only gave me a 14 on it. Um, but everything else looks great. So I'm, you know, I'm not broken hearted by all this. I understand where the problems are. So here's how I solved it because all of you have this problem. I'm pretty sure everyone has it as a WordPress website. Um, what I'm going to tell you you need to do is have a WP uh, Rocket account and use it as well as its caching server. And it will help pass, let you take uh, some of these problems with the scripting and the loading from third, third parties and address them in a way that allows them to load anyway. Um, I've been very, very happy with that WP Rocket um, uh, plugin. And really, if you don't know what you're doing, it's one of those kind of plugins that the defaults will help you, but if you actually know what you're doing, you can fix it. Because I did. I took SEO 411 from a standard D all the way up to a B. Sometimes it scores an A and an A plus, so I can't, I can't really complain about, uh, uh, complain about it. But I want all you guys to go out, make sure that your websites are fast. <clears throat> Excuse me, and you don't get caught up in this core vital problem that's coming because it's coming. I, I know they keep saying they're not doing it. I don't believe them. Google doesn't go build a whole piece of something not to use it. So my opinion is it's coming. Pay attention to Google speed, pay attention to the core vitals and know it's something on the horizon sitting out there that may be out there ready to bite you in the butt. Um, the next thing you need to do is make sure 
that your website works across multiple uh, platforms. It needs to work on Safari, it needs to work on Chrome, it needs to work on an iPhone, it needs to work on Android. It just needs to work. And you need to make sure that you can make that work. Um, if you use the right theme, uh, for the most part in WordPress, it'll do it for you. Um, I think that's always a good uh, thing to do. I know that these, some of these are basic, but you wouldn't believe how many websites I see that are not mobile friendly, not responsive still to this day. So um, that's that story. The next thing I want to talk about is the internal linking on a website. Um, I think it's, uh, I think this is one of those sleepers that if you do it right, you actually can pick up a lot of ground. If you do it wrong, you're going to blow yourself up. So no pressure in that comment, but, um, so let's talk about what is wrong first. Okay. Uh, let's go back to easy rack because all I have to do is say, this is wrong. So you see how all these keywords are here repetitively, just stuffing in and stuffed on them and pushed on them and pushed to the point where that's what's, let's not do this. Okay. Cause so this is not the right way to do it anymore. Um, but what is the right way to do it is to do things subtly. So I'm going to come back over to here so you can start to see this. So first of all, your internal linking structure is the way your pages link together in both your anchor text and in your navigation. So I'm going to start with the, from the, the anchor text part of it. All of these items as I go through them, if you notice, see everything in red, those are keywords that link to pages that support that keyword. Okay, so I'm sending a, a signal to Google that if I, if you follow this link that says web design, you are going to land on a web design page, just for the simplest way in the world to say it. Okay, and sure enough, when I land on it, I land on a page that's a web design page. Okay, and I think that's uh, an important thing to know that's going on. I think that Google understands that. And I think this is something that we don't do well anymore um, because everybody went so far over the top with it that it got dialed back and then nobody came back and started to re-implement it. So um, it used to be very formulaic that I would want five uh, anchor text links on a page that point to another page. Um, I I'm going to say that they have to make sense now. So if you notice, I don't have these things going over the top. I have a few here in the first couple paragraphs. Um, if you come down the page, there's more as well. But it's done very sparingly because it's done in a way that it's not, I'm doing it in a way that doesn't um, overdo it so much to the point that Google is like, hold it, wait up a minute, you're spamming us. Um, the other thing, if you notice, I do have some external links to some proprietary uh, places. I don't normally advocate doing this, but in this particular case, I did this. I lent the link to U of H, Lone Star, Houston Community College, Houston West Chamber, um, and the Houston Northwest Chamber, which I need to hook up. I don't know why I didn't do that. Um, so, because again, that gives us credibility that we're linking out with that. Um, so, um, it's just a way to 
uh, do a better job of putting our links together. So I, I do want to emphasize um, that you should put links. You see, I have three more sitting here and those three are bolded. Because at the end of the day, this homepage, I want it to rank on SEO services, web hosting services, and web design services. End of the story. Um, make sure that you're putting these um, links in. Somebody asked me yesterday to take a website, take a look at a website. The first thing I noticed, there was not one anchor text throughout the entire website. So to me, that's a huge deficiency, and that's something that's going to impact your, neg your rankings negatively. Um, the other thing is, and this is a, a lost art form. Um, so let me, let me just say that part of it. Uh, you know, for years I've talked about the, the internal link structure of a website and how the navigation was put together, how web pages support each other, um, how they're interlinked to each other. That is still extremely important. And when you don't have a site hierarchy, you have a problem. So I had explained this to somebody yesterday that didn't have any idea what I was talking about. And I think I finally found the analogy that everybody in the world can understand. So when you do this, um, they're like states, like the United States of America, they're states. And the, the ones that are at the top of your, your navigation are the most important states that you have activity in. The next thing that it breaks, should break down to is counties. Um, let me see if any of these have a sub-county. I don't know if any of this website have a sub-county to it. I doubt that this one does. Okay, so think of the next level down, the subcategories to be the equivalent of what would be um, the, uh, the counties within a state. So we have, in this case, you have parking lot lighting, then you have light poles, light kits, you know, so they break out again. So you've got state, you've got county, and then you have cities within the counties. The fact of the matter is the cities within the county support the counties, the counties support the states, and ultimately the state is what you would want to rank on. Well, the thing is, is that the state is the most important term. So I know that can be a little bit confusing, but I can't tell you how many people do not build these silos outright, do not build the navigation outright, um, do not put this, to, do not assimilate things properly. And when you don't do that, the website doesn't rank right. Because this is, Google is looking for that, that structure to provide a guidance to what this website's about. Because this website looks like a lighting site, but you notice I don't talk about shoes anywhere on it. So they're pretty safe to say that this website has nothing to do with shoes. And that's the, that's the what you're trying to go for here while you build all of this. And then if you notice, um, come on down and I'll even come into the shop art category situation. If you notice, I have a subset of items here. And there, that same city, state, and county model is still sitting here on, in the middle of all these pages. So that is one thing that helps this website rank. Now, like you saw on EasyRack, that one was over the top. This one is a far more protracted version of that. And actually, even SEO 411 is a, has its own um, pretty uh, rich um, structure to it but it's not overwhelming and it's not in your face. So Google understands what the website's about. Google's put the website in the right place. 
Google's also not confused by what we do because that's here. And if I remove those elements, this website would not rank anywhere near where it does. So just understand that that's one of the biggest drivers is that internal link structure. All right, let's go to the next one on my list. Um, authority is a biggie. And I keep wanting to have a class on authority and trust and user trust. And, uh, you know, I've seen four hour talks on the subject. Um, and I, I just keep trying to figure out how I'm going to dilute it down to come into a two hour talk with it because it's a pretty beefy set of subjects here. But understand that Google looks at your website, it looks at who you are, it looks at the time you've been in business, it looks who you're affiliated with, and it makes an opinion on the, your value. Whether you agree with it or not, that is the way they're doing it. They're looking at who you are, who you're associated with. Um, they're basically profiling you, for lack of a better way to say it, they do a profile. and the more you fit the profile, the more authority you have, the more value your website has, the better off you are. And therefore, the higher they are more likely to put you in a better spot. Um, links are another whole talk in all of this that's all on its own. I could have a two hour talk on just links, on how to evaluate links, how to build links, how to make sure that you're cultivating links. At the end of the day, if you do a good job with your content and you put that content out there on social, I think I'm going to tell you that you're going to end up meeting a pile of the challenges that are involved in a website. Okay. So just understand that you're, you're going to do a job well enough um, just simply by putting good content out there. Those links should come and you shouldn't need to manipulate them. I know some people will say, Oh, well, you can't do it without manipulation. And I guess, if you were going to go against something huge like Walmart, maybe we would have to have that talk. Um, I mentioned the cigars. Like, let's say I wanted to open up a smoke shop uh, and do a cigar website right now. Well, there's some websites that I would need to make sure that I had in my arsenal to make sure that that cigar website started to show up in search. It was. It's not as simple as just, hey, I'm going to put this up. Long term, I probably could do it, but you're going to want to fast track that a little bit. So it's an interesting set of circumstances um, that I could put up just cigar reviews, video cigar reviews, have my online podcast smoke shop. I could do all of those things. And when I did that, um, those, those behaviors, going back to what I originally said, um, would help build these links in. But that's a slow and go process, whereas, you know, um, I could, there's other things that I could go do that would get me links a lot faster. Um, I will say that this, and this is somewhat related, but somewhat not related, because I can hear some people in the search community saying, screaming, going, no, it's not valid anymore. But um, I think that any time that you have an event in your life that is able to have a press release attached to it, that you should do it. Um, and the reason I'm suggesting that is, yes, you get some backlinks, and that, but it should not be your backlink uh, link building strategy, but it does set out the tone for um, who you are as a company. It lets you get in some high, you know, it helps you build that authority because we're seeing ourselves appear in some better, better places than you normally would. So just understand that that is a way to, um, 
that is a good way to build a link, but you also are looking to build the authority. Uh, Better Business Bureau would be a good place to build authority. Uh, Chamber of Commerce is a good place to build authority. Um, if you get featured in a magazine, that's a good place to build authority. Uh, if you happen to be the tech correspondent for the local Fox News affiliate, um, that's a good place to build authority. So there's a lot of things that can happen here that are good ways to build authority. So um, just understand that that needs to be on your uh, radar as the things to do. Um, number eight, we're going to talk about my like uh, just these little stupid things that people don't do and do. Um, is your title tags and your meta descriptions. Those need to be done and those need to be done well. Um, those need to be on your website. They need to contain keywords. They need to make sure they're there and you need to make sure you have them. So a meta description needs to describe uh, in about 160 characters what that page is about. And I say characters, not words. So just so you know, um, you know, 160, 165, you're in the right ballpark there with that. Um, you know, try to use keywords, but don't keyword stuff. Try to make it sound attractive like you want to have that person come to your website. Don't just make it be, you know, um, accountant, accounting, accountants, Houston, accounting company, accounting. We don't want to do that. Um, we want to make sure that we put, you know, premier small business accounting and bookkeeping services for Houston. That would be a much better uh, version than just keyword stuffing in. Um, the other thing is ex exert some real good care when you write your title tags. So there's that as well. That also has the a big implications. And probably if I was going to say something, I always say that probably... I think the title tag is probably the most important element on the page. And it's also the element that gets overlooked the most. Um, so when I put those two things together, um, I think that's a, that's a big problem. So there's that story. Um, I get, because it gets omitted is what I'm trying to say. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is schema and markup. And I, I will tell you that schema markup is being looked at and looked for in excess now. Um, it's what's driving certain elements like star ratings, uh, customer ratings, a definition of images. Um, it's, having, um, it's having an impact because you're also being able to tell Google what the website's about. Um, it also helps generate those rich featured snippets that you see on these pages that are, you know, questions and answers. And then if Google can figure out that you have a good question and a good answer, and that you tell them that it's a good question and a good answer, sometimes they actually believe you and put you in that spot. So you should really be paying attention to a schema on your website. Um, I will tell you that it's a little bit more complicated um, than most. Um, we, you know, here uh, with us, our hosting customers get uh, some schema markup tools that help automate that process, or at least if you can answer some questions, it'll put it in the page for you. Um, the other thing is, and this gets a little bit tricky, but there is local uh, schema that lets you define what is your business address, what is your business Facebook page. Um, and if I come back over to, let me go to SEO 411 a second. I'm doing it this way so you can see our Google page. 
maybe. Okay. So when you look at our Google page here, you see it has my Facebook profile outlined. Um, some of that is being fed in off of um, the schema that I have on the page um, that talks about where we are and what we're doing. Um, so under, understand that's a piece of it. And if you don't have that schema, your local schema in right, it impacts you negatively in the search um, and in the map search and in the local search. So you need to make sure that you have the right Google schema in. Now, let me see if I can do this here. I don't know if this is gonna work because I think they shut this down. I may have changed the bookmark and we might be okay. Hold on. So they changed how some of this outputs now and they tell you whether things are right or not. But if you look and I, if you go through the SEO, um, SEO 411 website, you can start to see all the types of schema that I have listed into these pages. So you can see what I do, what I have and how I did it. And I'll explain to you really quickly why I did it. Um, your breadcrumbs should have a schema tag on it so Google understands it's a breadcrumbs trail and actually follows it through. The home page of SEO 411 does not have a breadcrumb on it, thus why I have some of these errors here. So that's why I'm not too freaked out about that. Um, I have the F FAQ schema. What I did is I ended up putting um, several SEO questions and answers built into that page. This is not in addition to what's on the page. This reinforces what's on a page. Um, but I want you to understand that I'm matching what's on the page and not just making it, you know, putting up anything I want and embedding it into a page. So as it appears on the page, this language is, is mapped around it so that Google sees it. This is the question, this is the answer. Um, and I tried to pick things, not like what is SEO, but can I do SEO by myself? I mean, I can't tell you how many times you hear that. Um, I'm not sure that these actually rank on anything, but they are here for that purpose. Uh, the other thing that I have in here is the local schema. And if you look down it, it'll tell you, and it helps drive the local search maps. Okay, so it says what our name is, it gives our description. It tells, gives the image URL, which you can see is the WP Rocket CDN, which is so it loads faster. We give it a price range. We define our person, our address of where we are and what our primary address is. So we put that there. Um, then the other thing I have there um, is I have a secondary set because I also have a set there for, oh, I didn't do it. There it is. I have a second set here that was listed to put up King, the Kingwood Drive address. So because we have these two addresses now, we have the address on Woodway and we have the address in Kingwood, um, I've put up to have both of them. So they're both there um, and they're both, um, they're both present. So just so you know, that's, that's that you have, to, if you've got two addresses, you want to put schema language around both of them and not just one of them. 
Um, I define our logo because I didn't want Google setting a logo for me. I wanted Google to decide what our logo was. The other thing I did is I went in, and, and this is something everybody should do. Um, I told Google when they see our Facebook page, our LinkedIn page, our Twitter page, and our YouTube page, they should have the same, um, I keep wanting to say panache, but that's kind of a funky word. They should have the same, that they are the same, that they're twins. So when you see the Facebook page for SEO 411, you should treat that the same as the SEO 411 site. So I gave them also, like also known as versions of pages. And I also gave them what our URL is. Um, the other thing I told them is if you wanted to put out uh, site-wide links and say what should be parts of our links, we actually specified what those links should be. So we put that schema in. So I put a whole bunch of things in these pages for Google to, to see what I, what I want it to see. Now, let's see if I can do it this way. I can come back over here and let's pick a different page that's not the home page. Because I try to pay attention to this on every page. I don't just worry. Some people just, if they worry about it at all, they do it on the home page. But I think you should worry about it on all pages. And, and in fact, frankly, sometimes when we write articles for a website, we actually put in a, uh, um, an FA, FAQ section so we can put the FAQ schema so we can help dictate whether or not it should be, it should have some rich uh, text in, in information on it. So this one here, let's see what it has. See, it only has the breadcrumbs because all the other parts of what we were talking about are not actually there. So this one only has breadcrumbs on it. Um, the rest of the page doesn't have anything. The other thing that I can tell it with this, with schema markup, is I can say if it's a page, I can say if it's a blog post, um, I can put events so that our upcoming class schedule it outputs on it. Uh, no different than the movie listings when uh, you, you, you Google movies and it gives you the movie, movie listings. So I can put events there. Um, I can put all kinds of different items on this page to give them more information. I also can start in our reviews. So um, I have a reviews page. Um, those, can, those actually have some rich text around them to help identify uh, if they're reviews. I understand this can be complex. It, I understand that it can be um, hard to follow, but I also understand that you really pretty much need to have it. So make sure that um, if you don't, at some point, I guess I'll give a whole how to set up, um, how to set up schema markup, and we'll have a whole class on that at some point, because uh, I think it gives the average business a leg up. So this one here is pretty much the bane of my existence because I, I don't agree with the places that put these out and I haven't for years. Um, except that there's a few different ways to handle this. So properly tagging of images, if I, because I'm teaching this in an academic setting, I'm gonna tell you, make sure you properly tag your images. But what I will tell you is that if I have a page that's ranking on a term number one, I'm not, and the images are not tagged, I'm not going in and tagging and making all attributes and keyword stuffing into those, um, into the, uh, at the attributes on an image to add more keywords to the page, because I may throw that page out of kilter and stop it from ranking. 
And I have seen that enough times now that if you have a page and page ranks and you go start monkeying with this, you theoretically can break it because this has to be um, included in the computation of how many times a keyword appears or how many times this is here or how many times that is there. Um, so just understand that monkeying with this, and the reason I say it's the bane of my existence is I don't do this on a regular basis, but I get these neophyte SEO people um, or these neophyte people that graduated college and want to come from a marketing company and they want to, aha, you did not use page images. Aha, I'm ranked number one. Where else do you want me to go? Now, here's the other backside of that story. And you have to be aware of this because some of this would apply to you. If I am a restaurant and I wanted to put up a steak and let's say I'm ranking number one on steak, but I have no image search on steak. Well, I might come back and put the alternate text in for that steak and see what happens because I may need the image. If I'm an artist, I want to make sure those parameters are in there. If I am a lighting designer, I want to make sure those parameters are in there. If I am a tile company, I want to make sure those parameters are in there. And if I am a uh, house plan designer, I want to make sure they're there. If I'm an accountant, I don't care if they're there. If I'm a, unless I need it to be able to add another set of keywords to a page, I don't care. And these becomes a look and feel and a judgment call. So the people that want to race in the door and start talking about, aha, see, you didn't do this. I think you have to look at everything as a total and not just look at one element and say whether it works or whether it doesn't work. Um, or best practices say it should be there. Uh, well, the best practices list is written so that you can get to the top of the search engine. And if you're there, why are you screwing with something? What I will say is, this though when you name the file try to name it what it is um so if it's a picture of a steak don't call it image 321 call it steak uh if it's a picture of the harris county courthouse don't call it image 322 call it harris county courthouse um, because there is a there is a definite boost from putting it in the file name of the photo um, I actually worry about, you know, I actually would worry about that more than I would worry about the alternate text image and what it does to the page. So there's that part of it. Um, evergreen content, which is another piece of this, which is this is this one's one of those ones that are interesting to me. Um, Everybody should have some evergreen content on your website. And what that is, is website that doesn't age and doesn't go away. And we used to talk about the difference between pages and posts and this evergreen content we would go ahead and put in usually as pages um, and posts were normally things that um, would go away. Now, I am going to sit down, I hope before the end of the year and write a guide of how to choose a, a digital marketing agency. Even if you don't pick us, people need to know what they're hiring when they hire people. Um, that, would be a, that would be evergreen content. So even though it may be more of a blog type subject, it is a long-term high-end article that should stay on my website for a long time. Um, 
if you get that page ranked, you actually may get um, a real good boost up from that. So, you know, an ultimate buyer's guide to a ultimate checklist of, and if you start to notice how I name some of the posts when I put up a post, um, I did one for WordPress plugins a few weeks ago, and I actually went in and put that list within the show notes or the, the blog post that I did, but I did call it like the ultimate list of blog posts or to WordPress plugins um, because I had covered so many of them, and I wanted Google to understand that this was a long-range, long-term type uh, situation. So just understand, name it ever, if you can, name it evergreen content, and that should be, uh, excuse me, name it evergreen content. Make sure that you have some real good, strong, um, long-term, white papery, uh, ultimate guides to um, type pages that may help get a link, or not get a link, um, well, it'll get a link too, but get some traffic to that page. And if you can get that page ranking number one, sometimes that's a really good page to be able to, to, to have. Um, and it's a page that won't be going away and won't be outdated. I mean, if you wanted to talk about ranking of the, let's say I want to do the ultimate guide to the 50 states of America. You know, the first 50 aren't going anywhere. There may be more coming in the future, but at least the first 50 aren't going anywhere. So just wrap your head on that one. And that's a good one to look at. Um, the next one I want to talk about, and somebody asked me this question a few weeks ago. Um, and it was somebody, huh, I know who it was, it's somebody that has been around us for years. Um, and when I, why I say it that way, um, the uh, domain name and how you approach a domain name has changed back and forth to and fro through the years. So let me, let me say what I mean when I say that kind of a thing. So first off, um, the domain name is really an important thing. Now, first of all, try to stay away from anything that's not .com or .net, um, .biz, info dot us dot cc a lot of the times unless they're really old they kind of google kind of has the perception that maybe there's something wrong with them so i'm going to say that the extension does matter and try to stick with comnet or org so we'll start with that there used to be uh, a rule of thumb on the dot orgs that you actually had to be an org um but they're not really enforcing that. Back in the day, you used to have to actually fill out paperwork and show your nonprofit status. Um, you don't necessarily have to do that anymore. Um, so there is, there is that out there. Um, so we'll start with that sentence. Uh, the next thing is um, a keyword rich domain. Um, his, you really got to be careful with that. And there's ways to do it, and there's ways to do it right. Um, they do get a lot of scrutiny and sometimes penalties from Google um, because they think that you're trying to game their system. Um, especially if I take that keyword rich domain and somebody links to it, they think that I, maybe I'm trying to buy links to um, or buy links with keyword rich information in them. 
So the SEO 411 domain, when I purchased that, I, I did purchase it after a market. It was only a couple years old at the time that I bought it. Um, but it was, it, it, now it's almost 20 years old, but we're, you know, at the time it was only a couple of years old when we did it. Um, it, uh, I keep it together for a reason. I'd never separate the O and the four, never put a space in it. And the reason why is because the second I do that, Google's going to perceive that SEO space 411 that I'm trying to gain the system by making everything be SEO. But keeping it together, they recognize the SEO aspects to it, but they don't perceive me as being spamming with my anchor text because the four and the one and the one are appended to the side of it. And there really is no such word in the English language as SEO 411. So we made the decision early on here that yes, we were going to buy an SEO related domain, but we were not going to split it. So Google did not think we were doing it in a manner that we should be penalized. So I use an example like um, uh, one of my friends had a domain that was discount motorcycle parts. Well, that one got in some trouble at one point because they had perceived, he had actually changed the name of his company from discount motorcycle sport, their uh, discount motorcycle parts to something else, just so that he didn't get um, in trouble because Google basically delisted the whole site because they thought they were trying to spam in. So be careful with how you do that. But the other question I got was about domain age. And do I need to buy an aftermarket domain anymore? And I'm going to answer that probably a little bit differently than I've ever answered it before. Um, for starter number one, um, the first, the first part of this is that I don't think domain age matters like it used to anymore because I have websites that I purchased the domain a couple weeks ago, stood it up, put the website up, and I had ranking terms within a few days. So it was somewhat shocking to me that that actually had happened um, they're not highly competitive in monetizable, monetized terms, but it did happen. So it used to be you'd go put a page up and you had to work a really long time. Um, so, you know, you had to be really careful with that. So that's the first thing. I do, however, um, before I leave that topic, one of the things with the older domains and that vein is that is there links to that domain and therefore that's what builds some authority to it. So just remember that that link profile attached with the age of the domain, it may give the illusion that the age of the domain is important, but it's actually the link profile. But I'm gonna go one small step further and say that I still believe that there is a tier in there in the Google search algorithm that takes these really old domains and gives them a preference because I have some that are extremely old, that have no links to them, but you have great rankings. And I can't help but think that it's the age of the domain that delimits it. And I still think that there's a dividing line between the 90s and um, the present, you know, the 90s and let's say 2003, 2004. There's a second block of time that goes from about 2005 to 2012 
and then 2012 forward. So if I had a choice between buying a domain that was registered initially and never expired from 2001 versus buying one that was more correct to what I did or more in alignment with my brand, I would go with buying the old domain first. But I am not put off by the sheer fact of, hey, I've got a new business, I'm gonna go register a new domain, I'm gonna set up a website that I won't have any traffic long-term. Um, so uh, I, will, I, will, I will say that there's a lot of considerations and a lot of factors when coming to domain names, but I'm not necessarily um, put off by um, the fact that um, I have to have a, a new domain and that there's not a problem to that. So just understand that piece of it. Um, so that's a little confusing, but I, 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 there's just a lot to that and that, that could be a whole situation all on itself. Um, the other thing that I'm going to talk to you about is the directory structure on a website and how that affects everything. Um, what I mean when I say the directory structure, so if I go back to when you originally built a website, you would have to put your files up with an FTP program and they would need, they usually, most people, so you knew where to look for them, would organize the files. So what you might see somebody do is have your main page. There was an image directory and you would always put the images in the image directory. If I had a web hosting part of my website, that web hosting part of the website would be, um, uh, in one set of folders. So it would say, you know, uh, SEO411.com forward slash web hosting or SEO411 forward slash web design. And then all the pages in that directory would be about web design. Since the advent of things like WordPress and the CMS sim systems, some of that directory structure has gone away. Um, I'm also going to say that Google had a thought that the closer the file name was to the .com, .net, .org extension, the more important that you were putting on it, more prominent. So there's two ways to look at this. One is you can put everything next to the root and not give them any type of hierarchy in the link of the domain. And let me, let me just pull up a thing here so you can see what I'm talking about. So you can see that here. Um, so this is, let me see if I go here. See, I have these all coming right off the root. I don't have them nested, but I think they are nested on LED's part. trying to find one that's got a couple in the air. There we go. This will do it. This one here. Okay. So if you look at this website, if you look at this URL string, we have a directory of sports lighting, and then we have a directory of, of tennis court lighting. So that's the URL string we built. Okay. We did that. So Google understood. We have a category of sports lighting. We have a subcategory of tennis court lighting. So in that decision, in that discussion um, with that, 
um, we made the decision to put the directory structure in that way. We did that through the permalink functions that are in WordPress. We actually make the determination of where we want things to go. Now, sometimes you, you'll see, um, for those of you that don't really know where to do this and how to set this, sometimes what you can do is set some categories up. When you set the categories up, then you can pick a parent category. So the SEO parent category, the SEO pages go in it, and it would automatically split that out. Now, on my main pages, I did not put a hierarchy in on them. However, on the blog side of it, I did put a hierarchy in on them. You have to make the determination on how important having these subdirectories are because there's some benefit to having a URL with the subcategories in it and a page name at the end of it. And then there's also an argument for not doing that and putting it at the root. So understand that there's two different schools of thought and there's two different reasons to do that. But um, with that said, um, I'm always making the determination of what I want things to do and what I want things to say. So just understand that that's, that that is happening. Um, it, it is an important thing to be aware of because depends on what you're up against. Um, how do I want to say this? Let me use trips to Italy for a second. Um, we figured out that if we took an Italy honeymoon and we stuck it right after the trips to Italy forward slash Italy honeymoon, they did not give us enough credit for it than if we had done it as tripsitaly.com forward slash vacations forward slash Italy honeymoon. So I actually have two different pages and wrote two different pages so that I could use both URL conventions on it because the old older versions of Google, their original sets of algorithms wanted to see it next to the root. As time marched on, what we were noticing is the competitors had it broken down farther the second we broke it down farther, it pulled it further up, it pulled our new page further up the search. So understand that those, those determinations need to be made, but pick a position and stick with it. If you want to, I would say, take each of the disciplines that you have, use them as a directory or a category, and then categorize underneath that, just as if it was you were building the website with HTML and had to put things in, had to put individual HTML files in individual folders. Um, I, I think that's always the safest bet to go on that. Um, understand that one might be a little bit tricky, but worth mentioning. All right, so let me see what the next one is. Um, if you have a WordPress website, there's a function in there that has comments. And I'm gonna tell you, leave the comments on. Um, also, and I told Jim this at one point, and I'm gonna tell everybody this. When you see a post, when you see one of my posts, and you like what the content says, or you've attended this class and you see it, please go leave a comment on the blog post when I put it up because Google is looking for these regular comments to see if people are engaging with you. The fact that you guys like it on Facebook doesn't help me in the sense that Google's going to know it. But if you went out and put a note on it that says, Hey, I went through all this. Your steps really helped me. Thank you for helping me with these 22 points for search engines. That is way better. 
If you had a question on the material, please leave them in the comments. I promise you I will come and answer them. Because at the end of the day, those comments show that this is valid, that the information has uh, validity, and that people are engaging with it. But now here's the one thing I'm going to caution you on, and I, and I think you need to make sure you know this part of it. There's also robots out there that will walk the internet and make spam posts. And what you don't want to do is allow links, um, URL links to other people's websites. So you want to make sure you edit those out. And you don't want posts that say, uh, great blog post. I really love this. And his username is by C. Alice from me. Okay, I know that nobody named their child by Cialis. I, I really kind of feel confident in that assumption. So as I say that, I want to make sure that you guys know, hey, um, make sure you get those spam comments out there or you edit those spam content, that those spam comments so they're more in alignment with what you want. Um, if you use... The, a good uh, SEO plugin, sort of like I keep saying with Rank Math, I would make sure that you put no comment tags on the um, actual um, posts themselves because we don't want people following it off and or not. Um, we we would like Google to ignore any links that come off those uh, if we miss something and we don't catch it. So. But I will. I am here to tell you that blogs, blog, or excuse me, that blog comments are extremely important, um, and that um, you need to think about how you're going to solicit them, what you can do, and how you're going to help do that. Um, for those of you that have been around a long time, it's called that building a community kind of a thing. Um, it, it's becoming more and more important. It also helps um, talk about. Uh, what we need to what we need to do and what we don't. So there's that. Um, next one, local SEO is the map situation. Google My Business. I'm actually giving a whole class on that at HCC um, at the end of the month. Um, you know the ranking variables on that have changed. The one thing that I will continue to tell you, which I continue to see you all not do, is consistency in your name, address, and phone number. And although that is as basic as basic can be. Um, it needs to be consistent. And then the other thing is, I do not know why in 2020, I am finding websites that are not registered with Google My Business. Um, I literally have four businesses right now with cards outstanding that have been in business more than 10 years. So with that said, um, if you don't have it registered, please go register. Um, also, make sure that name, address, and phone number are equal across the entire internet. Those are two of the most important things. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about on that is uh, reviews. If you can get your customers to give you reviews, um, that would be a really good thing. So um, just remember that's another thing that's out there that may need to be addressed. So just be looking for reviews, name, address, phone number, Google My Business. Very, very important. Um, the next thing um, on this, and, and it sort of falls in the same vein as the rest of this, is the social media. Um, make sure that you have your social media's uh, property set up. 
and make sure that you're posting to them. Um, you know, when I did the WordPress plugin uh, talk, which is on the website, um, you will see that I actually talked about a plugin called Blog to Social. Um, great plugin. It allows you to auto post your blog posts out there and it helps you push your content off the website all the way out to the blogosphere. So that kind of helps you get those signals banked. What it's doing, you're not necessarily going to get um, credit, link juice credit is I guess what I'm trying to say from the searches. But what you will get is, is a signal that, hey, this article's out there and we're seeing it over here, we're seeing it over here, people are sharing it here. And Google can kind of see the ones that are far more that are far more important and the ones that go viral. The more viral an article goes, the better off that you're gonna be, because the better off it's gonna it's gonna send the signals and it's gonna make you an authority. So there's there's um, there's a lot of value to to using social media this way. The reason I paused is I think I'm gonna use another thing here. If I'm sending you a whole bunch of traffic from social media and I'm sending a whole bunch of traffic from um, someplace like uh, an email blast and that traffic is coming and that traffic is coming consistently, Google's going to start to look at that site. And I understand this is going to be an oversimplification of what I'm saying here. They're going to look at that site and they're going to say, hey, wait, why is these channels sending more traffic than we are? Therefore, we need to go reevaluate that website and see what we can do to pull it up because there's more traffic coming from other signals that are then, and we're, we may not be providing a good result for something because these other sites are already providing that information. So I just, I want you to understand that there is a correlation there that you should be doing it and that it's, it's kind of an important thing to do. Um, but it is as simple as just auto posting throughout your blog posts, even if you don't have time to do it. I'm not saying you have to go um, do kind of crazy stuff. All right, so that's some of the high level things of what they're looking for. I want to give you a few bad things, so just so you know. Um, don't keyword stuff. Um, the, the percentage of keywords on a page is very low, like 1% now. Um, so the days of having to put, you know, there was a point in time that that keyword had to be there 8% of the time. So if I take a thousand word and multiply it by eight, you have to say your keyword 80 times. Those days are in the rear view mirror. Thank God every day for that one, because it, it doesn't, um, rank right. Um, if you don't. The other thing is you'll read articles that seem to debate whether Google's using keywords or not. Um, Google's using keywords, people. If you don't put a keyword on the page, you're not gonna rank on it. So just, they're using the keywords. They're also using the words around it to decide whether you're using that keyword properly. So I often like to say if, I, if I'm selling computers and then all of a sudden I start talking about tennis shoes, the tennis shoes will never rank because I've got a whole page about computers going on. So just understand that that's a, that's a piece of something that's happening. So there is that. Um, link buying or uh, 
reciprocal links or putting your link all over the internet, bad, bad, bad practice. You should have that and you should be doing that in a way that um, it's natural. Um, and buying links is never natural. Um, I guess you could argue a press release is buying links because that is natural. Um, if you if you give a donation to your kid's swim team and they not they give you an acknowledgement that you are a benefactor, um, did you buy that link? I, I do think there is um, a lot of back and forth conversation we can have on that, and there is some wiggle room on it. Um, but at the end of the day, um, if you just try to do a really good job, really good things happen. I think, and I know that seems like an oversimplification of it. Um, at one point, <clears throat> I used to hate this because I, I really thought it was a stupid thing. And, and I, I know they're away from this, but I, I think I want to still say it anyway. Um, they would want you to do links within your own niche. So as a hosting company, they would expect somebody like GoDaddy to link to me. We're competitors. Why on this earth would Google or GoDaddy link to me? Um, so there, that to me was some silliness that was built into this. Um, there is some opportunity to link, um, but it, it, it has to make sense. I, I, I don't know that I think, so if I'm a travel website, and um, Sky, you know, Sky Magazine ranks links to me. That's one thing. But not everybody has that industry type something that they're going to go make a link to you. And so I, I just the go for better properties that you can get on that they actually help you. I'm not. I know niches matter, but. I think for the most of you and the most part, if you even get a link from a high-end source, it's a big win for you. So um, just just know that's out there and that's, that's something there on that. Um, Pop-up and ads and interstitial ads. And you know those, and I love the question in this regard. But you know the, um, when you go to a website and it pops up the thing that says, join our mailing list or sign up here and we'll send you a free those are they're interstitial is what they call those word that's the word for them and what they do google uh doesn't like them and i'm forever getting people saying to me well lord and taylor does it well lord and taylor's out of business so maybe they're a bad example macy's does it um but they're macy's and you're not so the right answer is don't put annoying pop-ups on the top of your website because you're going to get penalized and you don't have the brand to offset the penalty. So just know that that's a problem and that you shouldn't be doing it. Um, the other thing is I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I, I'm going to say this just because I never know who's listening to this. Do not with a capital do and a capital not ever, make the text on your page match the background of your page. That's one of like the biggest, stupidest sins people do. And I've had people way up in major corporations say, well, can't we just make that text white so the reader can't see it? I mean, as recent as a year ago, I had somebody say that to me, please don't ever do that. 
I mean, that's just, that's like one of the worst things you can ever do. So just don't do it. I don't even know how else to say it. Um, so there is that. Um, and then last but not least, I'm going to end on duplicate content because I think that's another, another thing. Don't, don't, and I get people still saying this to me too. Uh, well, can't I just copy this page over here? The answer is no, you cannot copy somebody's page. You cannot put somebody else's page up. I mean, you literally can do it, but the, but the, but the fact is Google's not going to count it. They know where the original page came from. They know where it appeared. They can tell you what day it appeared on and probably what minute of the day it was added to a website. So please don't copy somebody else's page. Um, and the other thing I, I don't, I still see this going on, but I don't really, this is not right either. Write a whole page and then just sub out the words. And then keep that same whole page and then turn it. So let's say I wanted to write a page about locksmiths in Houston, okay? Um, locksmiths in Houston, I write a whole page about locksmiths in Houston, and then I write, I take that same page, I find and replace the word Houston and replace it with Sugarland. So then I have the exact same page that says everything the same except for the words Sugarland. Google is smart enough to know that those two um, things um, are the same. So let's not do that either. Um, I, I would really appreciate, you'll appreciate, not just me. Don't do that. Duplicate content, bad. Um, but with that, I think that's all my points. I'd like to see, let's see if anybody has any questions, because you guys stick it in the chat and I can't see you. Um, oh, okay. Just give me a call. Somebody just said, hey, they need some help. So just give me a call whenever you want. I'm going to wrap up here for today. Does anybody else have any questions or any Anything's um, other than that, I'm just going to call it if that's the end of the day. All right, I think we're good then. Um, and with that, I'm going to log in. <laughs>